0: In each episode, you'll hear a real person sharing their story of loss and the insights they have gained that help them on their journey with grief. At Grief Stories, we're helping grief make sense one story at a time. Today's guest is Melissa. She's speaking with us about the loss of her grandmother. Melissa, welcome to Grief Stories podcast today. Um, To begin with, I'd like to ask you to share your story of loss with us.
1: So my story is about my grandmother. My grandmother was a child during the Second World War. She was displaced, she was hungry, and she had to beg for food. She had planes shooting down at her while she picked blueberries in the forest. My grandmother is somebody very strong and courageous, and she's an inspiration to me. My grief story takes place on July, 2019, uh, Canada Day long weekend. That weekend, my husband and I were preparing to go away to celebrate our anniversary. We had booked one night in a hotel and we dropped our little dog Winston off at my parents' house. We stayed overnight, had a lovely time. And that Sunday, we came back to my parents' house to spend the rest of the weekend with them. But on that Sunday, my mom, she sat us down in the living room, my sister, my husband and I. And she told us that she had some unfortunate news to tell us. She said that my grandmother was not doing very well and that if we wanted to see her, we need to make it very soon. And in that moment, I, I knew I had to listen to my soul. And about five years ago, I started writing a blog called The Soul Whispers Blog. And I named it The Soul Whispers Blog because I made it a commitment to myself to listen to my soul, that gut response, the intuition, because there was many times in my life where I hadn't listened to that voice. So when my mom told me the news that my grandmother wasn't very well, I knew that we had to go that day. So shortly after the conversation, my husband and I, we got into our car and we drove to the long-term care facility where she was staying. And her room was on the first floor. She has a large window. When I walked into her, her room, she was resting. And she had a breathing tube attached to her. I noticed all the different special items in her room. There was a picture of her and my grandfather on their wedding day. And pictures of my mom as a child. And a lot of pictures of my sister and I growing up. there's one object in her room that sat on her nightstand that signified death to me and that same object was on my grandfather's nightstand at the hospital. My husband and I had the privilege of seeing my grandfather before he passed away and that object that sat on his nightstand it was these plastic sticks with sponges on the end and I remember taking that plastic stick and dipping it into water, and placing it close to my grandfather's lips, and he just pressed down on the sponge, getting a little bit of hydration. So when I saw that object, the same object, those plastic sticks with sponges on the end, on my grandmother's nightstand, I knew that she was going to pass away very soon. So that day I sat on her bed, I took her hands in mine, and I told her about all the wonderful memories she created for me. The time when we would go strawberry picking in June or to the cottage to go swimming at the beach. Or the time she asked my husband if he wanted bacon with breakfast and he ended up getting three large pork chops on his plate. And she always made sure that we were, never went hungry. We were always well fed. I told her about the recipes I was making, recipes that were hers, the different soups like potato soup and cream bean soup. I also told her that I was crocheting a blanket for a friend of mine, something she taught me how to do. And that day I put cream on her hands and I combed her hair and I told her how much I cared for her and loved her. And I said my goodbyes. I left, and I had a very heavy heart and tears in my eyes. A few days later, on July 8, 2019, my grandmother passed away. That is my story.
0: Thank you. Thank you for sharing that beautiful um, picture that you paint for us of the, the last visit and your time with her. Um, it sounds as if you really had the chance to uh, come to some peace with it with that time that you were able to be with her
1: yeah, it was it was such a special moment to be able to just tell her how much she meant to me and to talk about those memories. I find that the things that she taught me growing up, like how to bake, cookies, how to garden to identify different plants, how to crochet. She would tell us stories about back home and times when she spent in the war. Um, All these things were such great memories growing up. She was never really that grandma that just gave us toys and said, go play in, in that room. She was the type of grandma that invited you to be like her protege. She was there to teach us everything that she knew about life And when somebody chooses you like that, you feel incredibly special. Mm -hmm. Pass on something. And it wasn't necessarily something physical, but it was all the different lessons. And I find that now I have my own garden. I love to make her recipes and give gifts to other people that I've made with my hands, like crocheting or knitting. And I feel like in those ways, I keep... memory alive
0: yes it keeps her close to you when you do those things that are hers that she passed to you so that they're also yours you share them
1: Yeah.
0: yeah um what have been some of the challenges you faced with your grief in mourning your grandmother
1: i would have to say hiding behind a smile when i'm when you're grieving i find that it's almost more appropriate, so, like socially appropriate to just say to even close friends and family, like they ask about your loss to just say, I'm okay. Sometimes it's difficult, but you hide behind a smile because it's much easier to be truly honest. I find that a lot of times people are busy. Even your loved ones are very busy and it's difficult to feel comfortable enough to speak about grief. And not just uh, the socially appropriate, I'm okay. But to be able to talk for an hour and to cry and for someone to see that vulnerable side of you. I found it Mm -hmm. difficult to just hide behind um, a smiling face. And even preparing for the podcast, I thought I want to write everything out and I want to explain it verbatim. I want to read it. But I discovered it was just another way to hide behind this perfectly packaged grief story. But I know that grief is is not pretty. It's messy. It's anger. It's sadness. It's heartbreak.
0: Yeah, and those feelings are very hard to be with. They're hard for us as grievers to be with. And like you say... Other people have a hard time being with us when we're in those feelings they would like to see a smile they would like to see you say "I'm okay and that means that they're okay if you if you are in the deep pain um, it means that they might have to be w- and vis- be with it and visit that pain as well
1: and I find that our lives are just so busy and sometimes I I think we're all very overwhelmed with things to find certain people in your life that will just sit with you and allow you to just be a mess. It's very hard. And I think part of the reason why I contacted grief.org, it was I was looking for a way to connect with other people that were grieving. And sometimes that online community, different Stories can connect you and you feel less alone.
0: Hmm. Yes. Yeah. And the idea of grief stories website is that um, you can see different stories. You can see different perspectives and experiences and find the pieces that resonate for you because it really is so different for everybody. Even though grief is universal, it's such an individual experience. Right.
1: And I think one thing, as we were talking before, I almost felt like because it's a loss, a natural loss, where it's my grandmother. It wasn't anything dramatic, but I remember you saying to me that this is every every loss is so important, an individual, and it just made me feel like it, it was valued. And I think that's so important that we don't judge other people in one loss is greater than the other, that every story is so incredibly unique and we need to honor that and honor the pain mm-hmm. in other
0: people. Can, yeah. It can be a challenge because we don't always feel that um, people value our grief or, or can hold space for our pain. Right. Um, uh, it's, it's a challenge to find someone who can sit accept and honor you and your grief wherever you're at
1: yes and i think it's a reminder to me as well if knowing that i'm going through the grief process to also be mindful of those around me that if a friend needs to speak about a loved one to just allow a moment in my busy day to to listen to them because I know that that's what I would want from someone else and I find that when I allow that space for them to grieve that I also feel a sense of healing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that that's that connection um that space for grief really um allows for some healing to happen and so what are some of the things that are helping you heal as you process this loss of your grandmother, who was so important to you? I think
1: many times when you experience sadness or anger, these ugly emotions, you, they're not these nice emotions. You don't want to feel them, and you want to close the lid on the box of these emotions, and you want to shelf it. You want to put it away. You wanna distract yourself from feeling them. But I think over the years I've learned to listen to my soul, to listen to that intuition, that when those ugly emotions like sadness and, and anger, they arise, that I encourage myself to lean into them, to feel them. And if I need to cry, I cry. And I'm trying the best not to distract myself and to shelf those emotions away And a lot of the times the way I process those feelings is through writing. I find that my journal is a safe space where I can just be honest. I don't have to worry about anyone else judging. If the ideas or whatever I'm writing down doesn't make sense or I've got spelling errors, I can just be incredibly honest and say whatever I need to.
0: Nice. So, what's really helped then has having that safe space to write your feelings out and to be with them, all the difficult feelings, the hardest ones that um, come up for us in grief in your journal and your writing, you can just be with them and be honest and clear.
1: Yes. And I think um, also just before I lost my grandmother, I was, and when I lost her, I felt the need to connect with the writing community and and different Facebook pages and and blogs and just I wanted to hear other people's stories to know that I wasn't alone. And by reading these stories, and many times people seem to be more honest when they're when they're writing or sharing to an audience that seems hidden. And I felt like I could connect with these different stories. And I felt like I I wasn't alone, that there's a world out there of people that are also grieving. Mm-hmm.
0: So you were able to find on the Internet in particular platforms where people were sharing their stories in a real and honest way that you could connect with. And that encouraged you to put your blog out there as well. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, Is there anything else about your healing that um, has been important to you? Um, You mentioned, you know, that there were some particular items of your grandmother's that you have kept close to you when we talked before the recording program. And uh, um, I wonder, does that, um, you know, having her things around you feel like that connection is ongoing and, and keeps her close to you?
1: Yes, all these items I that I have that are my grandmother's, it's just it's such a a reminder of her. I have an apron that was hers and every time I'm baking something I wrap that apron around me and it feels like her. I've planted different plants in my garden and my garden isn't very nice. (laughs) Not like hers was. But the different plants they they have different memories I have red currants in the backyard and I remember my grandmother she would take us back there my sister and I to the red currant bush and she would cho- show us how to pick those red currants and how to turn the red currants into jam and then how to put jam in these cookies so it was like these beautiful jam cookies so all these different items I have I have cups and dish dishes from her and anytime I take a sip from a glass that was hers it's like I'm sipping a memory of her, and it's such, mm. a, it's such a comfort. And even when I continue on, and at Christmas time, I ended up surprising my family with these cookies that she would always make at Christmas time. And this was our first year without her, so I did my best to make the vanilla kipfelin cookie. And I wasn't doing very well. And as I'm putting the dough together, it's crumbling. And I just kind of giggled to myself thinking, oh, if grandma could only see me right now, that this is not going as well as I thought it was. <laughs> but I made I made those cookies. And I put them in a special tin, a tin that was hers. And at Christmas, I brought them down. And it was a, it was a conversation piece. It opened up a door for my family to talk about her. And it was just a nice way to... Remember her.
0: Beautiful. So you have what's been helping you heal has been both the combination of being able to express yourself freely, no matter what you're feeling, even the difficult feelings, having a safe way to do that, connecting with other people's stories so that you feel like you're not alone. And then this element of keeping her memory and her love with you, both with the items that you have, but also just with all of the lessons she taught you. And I just love the phrase you used that, you know, sipping from her glass is like sipping a memory. You know, that's a beautiful phrase. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, beautiful. I don't know
1: if it's okay if I just read it. I, I wrote a little post called Grief and Gardens, and it was dedicated to m- memory of my grandmother it's okay if i just read the last three sentences of it yeah go ahead yeah the loss of a loved one hurts and grief comes in waves of all sorts i've surrounded myself with memories sights smells tastes and textures that activate my senses and bring me comfort no life is a loss when it flourishes in the hearts and minds of loved ones i think that's what has brought me comfort. Is the sights, mm-hmm. the smells, the tastes, the textures, all these things that activate memories.
0: Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, it's very clear that her love and memory is well alive in you. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Melissa, for sharing the story of your grief and your grandmother with us. Um, we know that these stories that we share um, do touch people and, and that each story resonates with someone out there. And uh, we're grateful for your time.
1: Thank you so much, Maureen. I really appreciate it.
0: You're welcome. It's a pleasure to have you as a guest. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Grief Stories podcast. I'm your host, Maureen Pollard. Please remember that grief is universal, but every person's experience of grief is unique. While our interviews are intended to help listeners feel validation and reassurance, we know that this story might be different from your own. Please visit our website, griefstories.org, for more stories of hope and healing.